Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back to another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. And more importantly, <laughs> I am go. Brenda Bryan. And it hasn't, we haven't even gotten through <laughs> the welcome and you're already on me. I know. How can this be? I don't know. It's oh just too Lord. fun. It will, and the, the sad part is it actually is more important than you are Brenda Bryan. But regardless, <laughs> let's move on. Well, so, you wouldn't be good looking as Brenda Bryan. I would so not be. No. I've got the perfect face for radio. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. I or podcasts. We both do. So, uh, no, that is not true. Mm, so, just a quick aside to listeners. We we are doing this recording in our office, um, and we're a construction company. Right now, we're actually doing some construction work for ourselves. So if you hear a little background noise, uh, the mayoral can't eliminate. We apologize, but uh, it's just a, you know helps validate the fact that we're a construction company. We're doing construction work for ourselves. So it is. A little, it is. Little Plus, so, we're sorry. growing, so we have to keep like moving our podcast. That's right. Uh, before we get jumping into our topic today, we got some. We got uh, a number of questions we're going to do for folks. Um, but excited about the fact that we've got continuing to get more and more listeners and um, thousands, tens of thousands. I can actually say tens of thousands of downloads. And that's because we have 20,000. We have more than that, right? We do. So very excited about that and thankful. So for those of you folks who've been listening. It's shocking, if you, by the way. I've got to assume people are telling other people. Otherwise, how would you find out? I know, but our kids right? are like, what? Right. People listen to you. Right, exactly. Why would they do that? Yeah, and anybody who has kids can appreciate how the fact that your kids automatically feel like you're a dullard, right? That's just the that's yeah. their job. Yeah, their you're job a moron. Is, right. Yeah, you're a moron. And and then it's when they get a little older where they go, oh, mom Maybe and dad you know were something. not that dumb. Exactly. Right? So so we, we have, all go through that. Right. That we have a daughter right? who's doing um, kitchen design now. She's just started a new job as an assistant kitchen designer down on Martha's Vineyard, and she uh, was asking us some question about some product. And uh, we said, oh, we just we just did a podcast on that. You should you should listen to it. Or, or we just we just did a podcast on that. You should tell your client about it. And she's like, oh, I should I should be plugging your podcast. I'm thinking, why have you not been plugging our well, podcast? More importantly, she should be listening. Well, that yeah, we're giving her pearls. Pearls, right? Before swine. That's <laughs> what it turns out to be. Yep. Pearls before swine. Yeah, it is. Um, so, but anyway, want to want to start out by saying thank you. Also. Um, got a couple of nice notes. So one of the notes is just a, uh, a very kind note. So from from Sharky twenty six, we want to say thank you, Sharky, for love, love, love this podcast. Uh, the production, the host, the content is all top notch. And when there is a new episode dropped, I listen right away. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, on the production side of things, we want to say also thank you to Merrill our ace producer who cranks it out and makes all of my smacking things around in here and all of the noises pen that I make and all the, the, constant and the pen, pen clicking. clicking and all that stuff. She makes it go away and makes mm -hmm. it sound uh, good. Like so you thank know what you. you're doing. Like, exactly. Well, yeah. 
that's a, that's a pretty big lift. That's right a stretch. There. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, uh, Sharky Twenty Six also mentioned that uh, we um, pre-record the episodes, obviously, and then sometimes and they come out over time. Uh, and, and it depends on how ambitious we are in pre-recording right, the episodes. Sometimes right. we're really good about it, and we do a bunch, right? And, you know, like like six months worth. But well, the, not six months. But the worth, challenge but three. is, that, yeah, yeah. But the challenge then is that sometimes we talk about topics that are timely, which is you know, like like what the market's doing in terms of materials and, right. and if you know COVID responses, COVID related like stuff, that. yeah. And that if the if the episode comes out down in the future, then that material, that information is not that relevant. So that's really good feedback, and thank you very much. We appreciate that. And we so will, we got, we we have to like be like, okay, this is not our holiday issue or i don't know right like we gotta we have to plan better but right. we're still learning and we do appreciate the feedback yeah it's great feedback so thank you for that um and so let's get started with some questions and so we have a uh, got a listener question uh and a bonus question you, bonus a question bonus question so i'm psyched about that uh and so let's jump into this so hi brendan david uh i love the podcast it's been helpful when approaching my own project planning Right, which is awesome. I love to hear about the project planning. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks, I know, kind of they ready, come into it late. Yeah, and yeah. this and this is much better about the planning. Right, yep. I live in Sarasota, Florida, in a ranch home. Uh, my partner and I are planning to remain here for the rest of our lives. Um, as we're getting cl- as we're getting older, we are considering what updates need to be done to our home to make it safer and more friendly as we age. Uh, where would you suggest we start? So that's an awesome starting point. It is really an awesome good question, and, and and you know obviously. The, the biggest portion of our population is, uh, you know, right now are the boomers and, yep. and all eight. Who was not aging, right? Every yep. second. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of people, you know, like you think about, okay, what, where do I want to be when I age? Do I want our, our kids want us in assisted living so they don't have to deal with us? <laughs> I, I can't say I blame them. Um, but there's a lot of people who want to age in place. And if you want to age in place, then you need to have your home set up in a way that you can stay there for a long time. Right. Um, it's even not a bad idea. And this is like, this is a whole podcast unto itself. Haven't we, haven't we done one? Haven't we done an aging in place podcast? So on some stuff we've touched on. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But this is, but I want to get specific to this particular one, but yes, go ahead. All right. So, so one thing to think about always, you know, even if you're able-bodied, um, is what happens when you fall and break your leg? Right. Like Meryl's mom last year or a couple of years ago. Yep had a car accident and was, you know, she'd been up and around. She's very active individual. And all of a sudden couldn't, couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't do anything and had to be in a, in a home with not even a first floor bathroom. Right. So like, how do you, how do you manage that when you have, you know, some pretty bad injuries? So it can happen at any time. And it's not a bad idea to think about your home. Like, do I want a first floor bedroom? Maybe I'll call it guest room for now. I'm not going to use it, but could I be there if something happened to me and I couldn't get around? Um, so, you know, think about accessibility. Like, think about your home. Like, if I were in a wheelchair, how would this work? Right. Or would this work? Right. Or would I need to move? I mean, that's that's also a, a good thought. Like, you know, or in a walker or whatever. Like, can I get around easily? Yeah. So, so even to borrow somebody's walker or wheelchair and just use it in your home right. and say like, you know, how does this work? Where are the obstacles? How many, right. Like how many of my doors are inadequately, you know, sized, Why? right? Right, and exactly. Now, that, by the way, you do not need a three foot wide door in order to make your space accessible, right? Mm-hmm. Three foot wide feels in the residential setting 
very commercial, mm-hmm. right? And that's the kind of bathroom you see going into, a, you know, your doctor office or, mm-hmm. or, or into an office building or whatever. It doesn't need to be like that. Um, and you can inject a certain amount of common sense into this to say, like you said, walk or go around with a walker or go around, you know, a wheelchair. You get a sense of what it feels like to negotiate that space. And mm-hmm. as much as we all hope we don't get to that place and we will just peacefully slip off into uh, the next chapter of our lives uh, and we will have been, you know, reasonably healthy and well all the way. That's just not the way it works out often. Right. right? So you got to be prepared. However, the first thing I want to highlight, um, and by the way, this there's a bonus question and then they signed off. Thanks, Melissa and Craig. Um, we'll do the bonus question in a second. But um, what, the first thing I want to highlight is they specifically mentioned the style home, which is a ranch. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. So almost by definition, the ranch home is the ideal setting. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you don't have the prerogative of having to worry about your master suite up on the second floor right. and having stairs to contend with. And as long as the house is sited in such a way, and Florida is a pretty flat space, mm-hmm. right? There's not a whole lot of topography going on in Florida. So the likelihood of you having like rolling hills in your property and having a problem with having to get up to the front door is pretty low, mm-hmm. right? In our part of the world, you often see, you know, handicap ramps that have been retrofit to homes because the front door is four feet off the ground, right? right? And, and they had, you know, what used to be uh, stairs that were easy now has to be a long, long ramp to mm-hmm. make that work. Mm-hmm. So likely not the problem in Sarasota um, and likely not the problem with your ranch home, which is great. That overcomes a bunch of problems right there. Um, however, some things to think about. If your ranch home does have a couple of steps up, think about that from a landscaping, landscaping perspective. Mm-hmm. Is there something you could do if you're just thinking about updating the yard, beautifying some things, thinking about access from your vehicle into the home? What does that look like? Do you gain access from your garage or carport, if you have one, do you gain access from the outside? And if you do, um, how many steps are you stepping up if you need to, right? right? And then how could you incorporate an update to your landscape to uh, to make that work more smoothly, mm-hmm. right? Or even just, you know, wider landings, right? You think about, okay, uh, I don't think I'll be in a wheelchair. If I am in a wheelchair, I will address that when I get there right. um, in terms of ramps. But if you have... Um, Bigger steps, wider landings, a place, you know, so they're not like teeny little steps where you're trying to negotiate with a right. with a walker, right? Because that's probably more likely the case is that at some point you're going to need some kind of stabilizing device. And to have, you know, those two steps up into the home, to be able to step up, one, fully put your walker on that step, get all the way up, exactly. and then do the do the next one as opposed to, you know, a, a tread that's 12 inches wide, which right. gets right. where it gets difficult. Um and we're going to hit on this later, actually. I can probably incorporate this because there's another question about curbless showers. Um, and it's not a bad idea in, in the bathroom that you're using primarily to have a curbless shower. So, again, if you have a walker or a wheelchair, but a curbless shower means that there's no step into, there's no barrier from one floor into the floor of your shower, which means if you have a walker, you don't have something to trip over to to get in. You can just make it smoothly into that space. And like I said, there's another question that deals with curbless showers, and we'll answer that question specifically. But so other other meaningful impediments to being comfortable and using your your bathroom is... Grab bars. Grab bars. Lots of grab bars. Right. And grab bars... Now... You can't, uh, so the, the process that you, you you use from going from a wheelchair to a toilet, as an example, is called a transfer, mm-hmm. right? Um, in, in a commercial environment where the bathroom is big and requires a turning radius for the wheelchair to be able to go around, it's easier to make that happen because you can actually, by design, pull beside the toilet and then use the grab bars as they're configured to transfer. Mm-hmm. In, in many cases, residentially, you don't have that option, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and so you need to think about that as well and say, okay, um, how far do we want to take this? Are we starting to knock down walls and make modifications to to be in a place where we could be wheelchair accessible? And I think, frankly, if you don't have a, if there's not a prognosis that you're likely to be wheelchair bound mm-hmm. with with surety, like you've got a, a, a degenerative disease and you know that's going to happen, mm-hmm. then I don't think it's worthwhile to go down that road. And you can make accommodations with other types of things, like more like grab bars. In some cases, grab bars that can be swing down grab bars, mm-hmm. things that you can have more access to. Um, so it's a kind of a case by case thing, and how far you want to take it, right? I, you know, rarely, unless we know that somebody is is um, effectively wheelchair bound for the balance of life, do we get into trying to create ADA ADA level bathrooms mm-hmm. in a residential environment, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and I think, but, but to back up on the on the grab bars things, one of the one of the most dangerous rooms in the home for homeowners is the bathroom. 100%. You know, you have bare feet and you have wet floors, and the combination is really bad. So to think about, you know, um, non, non-skid non uh, flooring, something right. that's going to give you a good grip when it is wet, that's really important. Grab bars, lots of grab bars in the shower. It's one of the places that people get hurt the most. Right. Um, Which, by the way, on the flooring, that does not relegate you to something heinous, right? You know, there, no, there are good, gorgeous there floors. are good non-slip floors. Tie, you can. There's a lot of things you can do to still make it a beautiful space. Uh, that, but, but thinking about it a little more intentionally, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're not going to want high gloss marble tile, right? Right, right. Uh, that as is pretty a bad as that idea. might be, yep. not a good choice. Yep. Right? Um, and then in kitchens, um, there are all kinds of inserts you can get in up, upper cabinets these days. So you can bring stuff down to you. There's like actually, I um, go on the Revishelf website um, and look at all the various uh, inserts that you can get for drawers and doors. And so that you're not crawling around on your hands and knees trying to get that big pot out of the bottom cabinet. You're not, you know, trying to get on a, a ladder to try and reach the, the stuff in the very top cabinet top shelves of your cabinet that you can't easily reach. You know, what you want to do is make stuff as easily reachable as possible so you're not hurting your back in the bending and right. lifting and you're not, um, you know, putting yourself in a precarious position to get up on a ladder. So there's a lot of ways you can solve that and they're not crazy expensive. They're just, you know, well thought out. Right. And then, so, you know, and then we're taking it to a point where you're not going, you know, to a full renovation and you're not thinking through, okay, do I need to make my kitchen wheelchair accessible? That's a whole different conversation, right? That And and, and a whole different level of design that yep. we consider. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about what are the smart things you can do to make your home a little more friendly mm-hmm. as as your as your joints get a little more achy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and even circling back to the bathroom for a second, um, this the, the the we often recommend to all of our adult clients that they consider their bathroom vanities at sort of comfort height, adult vanity height, right. which, is, high, which is which kitchen, is kitchen counter, counter height. height right. And kitchen counter height is 36 inches to the finish of the top of your counter. And you notice the difference. If you stand in front of a vanity that is conventional vanity height versus a kitchen counter height, that you're not, you're the average person, unless you're pretty small, is hunched, is hunched over, over yeah. right? Which makes it even more challenging if you need to approach it, say, from a walker or need to approach it. And you, and you or even want, if you have any back issues at all, right? right. Just have, being able to have just natural posture right. when you're doing those things every day right. is, is important. Or, or if you needed to put your hand down to stabilize yourself while you brush your teeth, right. it's harder to do that on a lower vanity. So right. just little nuances like that to be thinking about. Um, then one more thought. Um, you know, Melissa and Craig, about this. If you're at all um, techie and you're comfortable with technology or, or comfortable with the idea of technology, 
Um, having some smart wiring in your home, and I don't mean like replacing wiring, but having smart devices in your home. You could have uh, an electrician come in and update switching and update lighting so that it can be voice responsive, right? Mm -hmm. You can be voice responsive through a, a number of current technologies like Alexa, as an example, um, and, uh, and control lighting. So as you're leaving the room, if it, let's say it's no longer comfortable for you to walk around the house as much. And you want to go from your den where you're watching TV to, to the bed, and you don't want to have to go to the kitchen to turn the lighting the off. Lights and, on, and right. So automated lighting that can be responsive by your voice is another simple mm -hmm. thing like that, right? It is cool. Um, and much and much sexier than the clapper. Right, right, know. exactly. So <laughs> sorry, just... talk about some old technology right there. Uh, That's yeah, right. right. We do want to make sure that we uh, recognize and are thankful for our sponsor, Renify. And... Renify has been a great partner to us, and we are very excited to have them on board uh, sponsoring us. Uh, and so what does Renify do? Renify is an online financing organization where you, where they match you up with financing companies that will help get you the financing for you. As you might know the name Renify, that makes sense. It's a renovation-related financing. That's what their market is. That's what they're focused on. And they will partner you up with companies that can provide the finance you need. But the best part about it is that in most cases, if you go and get a home equity loan or, or you want to take out a loan for your home or as opposed to a line of credit, they're going to look at your home right now and look at the equity it has relative to your debt and say, okay, we can loan you X amount more money because you've got room. The great thing about Renify is that not only do they do that, but they will also look at the completed value of your home after you do the project and they'll say, oh, you know what? Your house is worth $300,000 now and when you're done with the project, it'll be worth $400,000. We now can give you, we can loan you some of that value you're building into your house. Mm -hmm. So it gives the it gives the homeowner more borrowing power um, and uh, it is a great tool. So reach out to our friends at Renify uh, and they would be happy to connect you with some great lenders and, uh, and give you all the resources you need. And so that is Renify.com, R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. So the other Wait. thing we wanted to do. Yep. No, they had a bonus question. Oh, hang on, hang on. You uh, always get carried bonus away. Bonus question, sorry about that. I was about to jump in to uh, another, shift gears here, I apologize. So this is a great question, Melissa and Craig, thank you. Uh, the bonus question is, what is the weirdest project your company has ever taken on? Ha ha. Oh, I like it. It's, it's a trick question. Yeah. Well, luckily we saw this question before we just got on air, so we had time to think about it because, you know, like we, we do kind of normal projects for normal people. So you start thinking like, mm, easy, easy what's there, the, now. right. <laughs> Not everybody's normal. I didn't say we were normal. <laughs> I said we do normal projects for normal people. All right. That's different. Um, but we did do a project, and this was not a paid project. We actually um, were asked by um, an organization called the Room to Dream Foundation, which yep. is out of Newton, Mass., um, to do to and – they, and they work with a lot of different contractors, um, and they raise funds for this to renovate bedrooms for kids with – um, like serious physical challenges right. and, and their family and their siblings. So basically you know, if, if you have two or three siblings in a family, the, the kid who has the challenges gets their room redone in a way that's really great for them, but they also do the rooms for the other siblings. So, because I, you know, when, when you have, 
when you have a kid who's special needs, sometimes the other kids feel like, you know, I don't get, you know, this kid gets everything and I don't get anything. Right. And, right. Um, you know, and the other kids get lost in the shuffle. So they very cleverly have said, okay, so this is for everybody in the family. And it's also, it's a little like you see on, uh, on TV. It's sort of time constrained. So you go in, you know, you meet with the family and then you essentially do the project over, uh, you know, a weekend effectively. Yeah, yeah. you and like then you, a you big meet beforehand. You get to order everything and you know right. get it all set up. But then, like the actual work, it's done over three days, and it's all volunteer. So you know, I did the design for it, and then we got a whole bunch of people from our company to do. Um, you know, some of the stuff could be done beforehand. Um, some of the stuff was done on site. But um, there was a the little girl who um, needed a bed that she couldn't crawl out of. So kind of like a crib, but she was older and we wanted it to be nice. Um, and it needed to be bigger because she was going to continue growing. Um, and it and we and it was very, we very much didn't want it. And the, and the parents didn't want it to look like a hospital bed. Right. It was right. really important that it not look, you know, well, first of all, she, she was getting to a point where she could climb out of her bed, even with the safety rails up. But, you know, if she falls down, she could hurt herself and they wanted something that was a little safer. But the other part of the problem is that they also needed to do like, just change her sometimes and, and have that at a height where it was comfortable for them to work with her because she's getting heavier. So like, mm -hmm. you know, picking her up out of the bed, getting her up, getting her down, that kind of stuff was really difficult. Um, and so we designed this really cool bed. We actually used a hospital bed base, an electric hospital bed base that r would rise and lower, but covered it in a way that it did not look like a hospital bed. And it had a safety rail that like folded up or folded down. So like during the day it could fold down. It just looked like a normal twin bed. Um, but at night they could put the bed all the way to the floor, put the, put the safety rail up and she would not be able to get out. Um, and it would keep her safer. Um, it was just, it was a great project, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and so, we answered the question, and I'm not sure I would use the adjective weird. It probably wasn't the weirdest project. It wasn't we did, weird. It was just but cool it was just rewarding. and different. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, was different, it was, you rewarding. know, it challenged. It required, yeah, it required yeah. some head scratching and mm -hmm. thinking through, all right, how are we going to make this not only functional, but not make it feel institutional? Right. Right. And, and make this little girl feel like she was in a great room that could make her, you know, it would be her happy place. Right. Right. And so, so anyway. So that brings us to the end of our show. I want to thank Melissa and Craig for our question. And we, between that and our other rantings and ramblings, we took up the whole time of our show. So in our next program, we're going to do some more questions. And, uh, and again, uh, you've been listening to Renovation Made Right. We appreciate it very much. My name is David Bryan. This is Brenda Bryan, and thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to renofi.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.